Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Please be seated. Grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. We've seen the scene many times. A mom or a dad, a grandma or a grandpa teaching a little one. Teaching what? Teaching how to give thanks. Maybe it's a birthday. Maybe it's Christmas. Maybe there's no special occasion, but a gift is received by the child. And the child is generally pretty happy. And what does the parent or grandparent lovingly say? What do you say now? Come on, what do you say? And the little one, sometimes grudgingly, sometimes joyfully, will say, oh yeah, thanks. Thanksgiving, giving thanks, does not come naturally. It needs to be taught. We do this with our little ones all the time. But it doesn't end when we stop being a little one. We need to be taught again and again and again. Why? Because we're sinners. We sin daily and much. And we get so easily distracted by the cares, by the worries, by the blessings of this world. The famous world-renowned economist and social observer Thomas Sowell, now 91 years old, once wrote, Thanksgiving may be our most old-fashioned holiday. Gratitude itself seems to be out of date at a time when so many people feel entitled to whatever they get and indignant that they didn't get more. He wrote those words many years ago. But they're true today. And you know what? 20 years, 50 years, 100 years from now, they'll probably be just as true. Why is it? Well, we have the classic example in our gospel reading for today. Jesus tells the story of the person who is blessed. Blessed by God. Crops beyond wildest imagination. The land produced the crops, God's word says. Well, who gave the land? Who blessed the land? Well, of course, God did. But who took credit? The man. The man said, Ahem. I will do this 
because he had nowhere, nowhere to store all of his crops. I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, I love this, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. Boy, doesn't that describe many of us? Much, if not most of the time. Look at everything I did. Look at everything I have. It's mine. It's mine. It's all mine. We need to be careful that we don't get sucked into the I, me, mine trap. He thought of himself. That's not the problem. The problem is he thought only of himself. No thanks to God, no love toward his neighbor. My friends, that sums up the Christian life. Faith, thanksgiving toward God, and love toward one another. Again, it doesn't come naturally. Selfishness, narcissism, sinful pride, that comes naturally. So, what does God do to a bunch of sinful, selfish, narcissistic, prideful people like us? Like a loving parent with a little child, he teaches us. He teaches us gently. He teaches us truthfully. I want to turn to our Old Testament reading, Deuteronomy 26. When you come into the land that your Lord, the Lord your God is giving you for inheritance and have taken possession of it and live in it, you shall take some of the first of all the fruit of the ground which, which you harvest from the land your God is giving you, and you shall put it in a basket, and you shall go to the place that the Lord your God will choose to make his name dwell there, and you shall go to the priest who is in his office at that time and say to him, I declare to you today to the Lord your God that I have come into the land that the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. Then the priest shall take the basket from your hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord your God. God taught the children of Israel and he teaches us. You know the children of Israel? The children of Israel that were in bondage in Egypt for over 400 years. The children of Israel that were in slavery and oppressed the children of Israel that prayed out to God for deliverance. And God heard their prayers. And God raised up Moses, a mighty deliverer. 
And God set them free. The children of Israel, after the ten plagues, passed through the Red Sea on dry ground. From death and slavery on one side to life and freedom on the other. He promised them a land flowing with milk and honey. He promised them the promised land. And what did he give them? The promised land. God does as he always does. He keeps his promise. When Moses is preaching this sermon right here in Deuteronomy 26, the children of Israel are camped right on the edge of the promised land. They can look across the river and see the promised land. God is giving it to them. And he says, when you get there, and when you reap a bountiful harvest in the land that I have given you, with the harvest that I have given you, take, take some of the harvest, not the leftovers. Take some of the first. First fruits giving. And take it to the priest and set it before the altar and be reminded that you were slaves and now you're free. Be reminded that God has given all of this to you. Give thanks to God and share with your neighbor. In a sense, God taught the children of Israel here in Deuteronomy 26 and he teaches us right here and right now. What do you say? What do you say? And how do we respond? Well, hopefully, not grudgingly, hopefully, with a glad and thankful heart. Hopefully, we respond with thank you. Thank you. My friends, Thanksgiving means lots of things to lots of people. Family, food, leisure activities, maybe travel, maybe a little football. It means a lot of things. A day off work, the beginning of a four-day weekend, all of these things are very real and they're worth giving thanks for. But that's not the intent of this day. It wasn't the intent of this day back when the pilgrims celebrated it for the first time. It wasn't the intent when George Washington and then later Abraham Lincoln made their famous Thanksgiving proclamations. No, to pause, to pause and to remember that all we have and all we are are gifts from God. To take a moment and let God teach us. What do you say? What do you say? My friends, we have been delivered from a far greater slavery 
than even the children of Israel endured under Pharaoh in Egypt. We were slaves to sin. We were slaves lost in our sin and destined for death, eternal death, the fires of hell. And God, in His love and mercy, delivered us. He delivered us through the gift of His Son, Jesus, who took on flesh and blood, who lived a perfect life, not sinning, not once, not ever, he was never selfish. He was never prideful or boastful. He was always thankful. Jesus fulfilled the law for you and for me and for the life of the world. And then Jesus took all of our sin. All of those times when we have made an idol out of I, me, Mine. For all of the times we've taken the blessings of God and worshiped them, or given ourselves credit for them without thinking of God or thinking of others. For all of our sins of greed and selfishness, for all sin, Jesus bled and died in our stead, taking our place. My friends, Jesus died once and for all, for all people, for all time, and for all sin. And if that's the case, then that means he died for you who live at this time and for your sin. It is finished. It is accomplished. It is paid for in full. My friends, Jesus died on Good Friday, but he didn't stay dead. Three days later, he rose from the dead, never to die again. He pours out Good Friday and Easter to us in the waters of holy baptism. We pass from death and slavery on one side of baptism to life and freedom on the other. If Christ has set you free, you are free indeed. You are free to live enjoying the blessings that God has given you. You are free to live being good stewards of the gifts that God has given you. You are free to live with faith toward God and in fervent love toward one another. You don't have to hoard or hang on to things because Christ has already given you everything in the forgiveness of sins. I've been uh, privileged to preach and teach in Haiti six times. You know, the people in Haiti have nothing. Nothing. No food in the cupboards, if they have cupboards. Most people have no job. Very few people even have a school to be able to go to. They have nothing. Nothing certainly compared to the riches we have in this country. 
One of the things that has stuck out in my mind for all these years, the worship services in the churches in Haiti, the people who have nothing wear their fanciest clothes to come into God's house. Not because they have to, but because they want to. The people in Haiti that walk through literal filth, both human and animal filth, to get into God's house, scrub and shine their shoes before they walk into church. There's no time limit on the church services because the people have nothing better to do. They want to be in God's house. But the most amazing thing of all is when it comes time to gather the offering. Remember, these people have nothing. And what do they do at the time of the offering? They get out of their pews. They dance to the altar of God bringing their offering, looking at it as a joy and a privilege to give back to God because of all the blessings that they have been given in Christ Jesus. My friends, when I think of that, I'm ashamed. When I think of that, I'm humbled. When I think of that, I think of God taking this little child and saying, what do you say? What do you say? My friends, we've been blessed in this country. We've been blessed in this congregation. We've been blessed when we think about it beyond our wildest dreams. Our epistle reading teaches us what to do with these blessings. 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 and 7. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. That's common sense, right? If you plant two tomato plants... You won't harvest as many tomatoes as if you plant 22 tomato plants. And then God teaches us true Christian stewardship. Each one of you must give as he has made up his mind. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. You hear that? God loves a cheerful giver. No tricks. No gimmicks. No coercion. Christ has bled and died for you. Your sins are forgiven. Now, what do you say? What do you say? Thank you. Decide in your heart what you want to give and give it. And trust that God will bless that gift. At the beginning of the whole COVID crisis, there were a lot of worried folks in this congregation. How are we going to live? 
How are we going to survive? How are we going to pay the bills? How are we going to pay the salaries? How are we going to keep the lights on? How are we going to pay our mortgage? Now, nearly two years later, God has blessed us and continues to bless us beyond our wildest expectations. One of the things that we did, and it was almost kind of an afterthought, because we didn't have Bible study, Sunday morning corporate Bible study for a long time, one of the things that we did during Bible study is we passed a little basket and we had a mission offering. Well, since we weren't having Bible study at that time, we decided to have a mission of the month, announce it in the congregation, give people an opportunity to respond. And you know what? Our mission offerings have grown a hundredfold. You heard that right. A hundredfold. This congregation has never given more to missions than during COVID. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. There's no other response. Every year we find ourselves kind of in the, the same, I don't know if it's a predicament, but in the same situation. Are we going to be able to get another vicar? Are we going to be able to afford a vicar? My friends, we've been blessed in this congregation. Vicar number 20. 21 if you count me. Vicar number 20. And our congregation has had the privilege to prepare young men to be pastors. They're all throughout our synod. Preaching the Word of God. Administering God's gifts. My friends, not only a blessing for us, but a blessing for others and the church of God. Once again, we'll have the opportunity to respond to this need. My friends, God has blessed us. God continues to bless us. In fact, His blessings will never run out. This year, Recount the deliverance that God has given you. Give thanks to God. Look for ways and opportunities to serve your neighbor, your brothers and sisters. Not only your brothers and sisters in Christ, but your brothers and sisters outside of the church. And remember, the Lord loves a cheerful giver. He's constantly teaching us. What do you say? What do you say? And my friends, tonight we say, thanks be to God for His inexpressible gift. That's Jesus for you. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, 
Keep our hearts, our minds, our lives, our thanksgiving in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.